Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dutch Bro USA. Nutrients made for growers by growers. From the base nutrients to the Explode Booster. Dutch Pro USA is bringing you the essentials that all growers need without the extra bottles. Visit Dutch Pro USA or find their products on Amazon.com. Spider Farmer LED, one of the leaders in affordable quality LED lighting for growers. From the SF Quantum Board Series to the SE Bar Style LEDs, Spider Farmer has you covered without breaking the bank. Find Spider Farmer LEDs on Amazon.com. And AC Infinity, innovators in the air game, providing state-of-the-art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit acinfinity.com or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. From the Stash Podcast, it's your boy Robin CLTV, Mr. Grower and Pigeons. What up, boys? Hey. What up? Hey, man. How's it going, boys? It is going, dude. It is going. Obviously, a little nasally here, getting over it. Getting over yeah. it. Blunts and Brewski's GTRP helped me last night, but today I'm still nasally. So if you're listening or you're, if you're watching, I look pretty good. If you're listening, I sound not so look great, great, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm also feeling a little bit a little nasally little coughs you know and, and don't be alarmed for those that are watching on youtube i've got uh it looks like there's a fire behind me but it's actually just a humidifier back there so um maybe it's a little mini rob smoking back there, kind of like smoking back there. <laughs> but yeah just no, that's just a humidifier just puffing, yeah feeling good other than that oh yeah dude well nice. you know I, there's a lot of people i don't know if you guys have moseyed into the 420 girls club yet if you haven't you definitely should i think we need to get some courses from you boys there i think that'd be the probably the smartest thing yeah you know coming soon but, you know, there's people who've been hitting me up recently and they're like, hey, I can't get in there. I, I live where in a certain area where it's not kosher. Well, I do say VPN often. I, I drop this often. If you don't know what it is, you can hide your IP address. It's the best way to do it. And IP Vanish is who we're working with right now to be able to do that because I'm a paranoid person on the Internet. So I consistently am doing that. And when it comes down to affordability, uh, there's no reason not to get these. Like, I don't care what brand you're working with. This is the brand that we're working with. You need a VPN. So if you want to fuck with the boys here, CLTV from the stash, I think honestly, uh, the only one to deal with is IP vanish below in the description. And I think really, if you guys don't have one, I'm going to get them for you because P and Chris, like you can't be on the internet without one nowadays, man. You can't trust people. I want secu- I want security more than anything else. Security. I just want to be able to, s- I surf the internet like a, a California sixties hippie, man. And uh, I, I, I want to make sure that when I'm visiting websites or sending emails or comments that no one's going to use any of that was it malware malware any of that information ransomware against. everything man it's crazy it's crazy so yeah check out yeah. vanish below yeah so bro science girl science that's where the 420 girls club plays in a lot of people in there talk about real science versus bro science and i see a lot more bro science than grow science and it, it seemingly has engulfed our community because we don't have a whole lot of areas to get solid scientific facts from this industry has been illegal for a long time and people can't do the studies that we would hope at Harvard or other places that other plants have gotten the, the shine on. So now I think that people are trying to separate the BS from the real stuff. Now, bro science can work, but does it work? Is there any fact to that? You know, Chris, yeah. are you a bro we science guy? Here, I mean, we wouldn't be here today without bro science. Let's, let's be real now, right? Um, you know, doing the different experiments, having anecdotal data, bringing it to the table, whether it be back in the day when you're on forums or or wherever you were sharing information, it's helped lead in the right direction. And then from there, you know, people enact the scientific method 
and then actually turn it into actual science or keep it as kind of bro science as, as false information in a sense. So um, can't completely rag on bro science in the sense because it has helped us in the long mm. term. Um, but yeah, I, whenever the science is there, I try to go it, go after it and, um, you know, present that information to my audience to try to be as accurate as possible with these things. 100%. Shout out to Israel. They've been the leaders um, throughout the last, you know, century, really, when you think about it in regards to cannabis science and experimentation. They've really given us most of the information that we even still have today when it comes down to the breakdown of cannabis and cannabinoids. Um, but as you said, Chris, there's a place for bro science and there's a place for science. And bro science did get us to where we are at this point. There has been no other research done because of the, the, the legality that surrounds research. It surrounds cannabis. You, you couldn't do any research on cannabis in the United States. You know, the largest GDP of any country on the planet. And you they would not do a single ounce of studying when it comes to cannabis. You know, that's a huge detriment. So people have had nothing other than anecdotal bro science to rely on over the last, you know, many, many years. And, and in many cases, it, uh, this bro science has evolved into its own science. It, it's turned out that a lot of the things that we thought were one way or another about cannabis turned out to be true, you know, especially in some of like the cancer fighting abilities or in a lot of these ailments or illnesses in which it, it, cannabis is a great treatment for. Uh, we had people using it saying, you know what, hey, it works for my glaucoma back in 1990, whatever. And, and sure enough it was working for your glaucoma, you know, so the, there is a place for it. Um, I, I think the, the downside is if you're taking the bro science over the grow science today. Yeah. And it's not all just grow science. It's just, I would say plants, uh, cannabis science, because there's some things that are misconceptions, but grow science specifically, one thing that I want to get out of the way, because I had a little conversation this morning with somebody who's hard to talk to, but man, Organic and synthetic. People always say organic is going to have better flavor. That's literally just bro science. There's no like no science to back that that the plant is taking up the food that's now a better food. The way it's absorbing it may be better in terms of ease of use, but overall, when you deal with the periodic table elements, it's nitrogen, nitrogen. You know, it is what it is. It's not organically derived. That really doesn't make the difference. It's it's how the plant absorbs it is the argument people have that I would say because I've grown both and I can see. One is a lot easier than the other in terms of labor. It's a lot less labor intensive. On the other side, I didn't see any flavor difference because I'm giving all the right macro and micronutrients. I'm using Dutch Pro USA. Everything that I'm feeding is based on the chart. I'm giving them all of the line instead of just a few of them. And I have no deficiencies there and the plant's liking what it likes. As where if I was doing half-assed, I'd say salt's garbage. You want to go with organic only because you have the mineral-based mix in your soil that does everything for you already. If you don't have that super soil mix or that you know, somehow organic mix that you're putting together, then it, there's no argument there. If it's a bottled organic line, then it's splitting hairs there. It's a bottle, it's a bottle, it's a bottle. It's readily available. Well, magnesium is magnesium is magnesium, right? Nitrogen is nitrogen is nitrogen. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not the elements that they're changing. It's it's the it's the order in which they're being taken up or when they're being taken up or how much is being taken up. That's the proprietary method there that's your recipes those are your bottles you know that's that's the difference I, I i can't say that someone's creating a better magnesium than someone else i'm sure that you can have more pure 
you know, uh, based on how you're breaking it down. But I can't. Well, there, I can't well, there are different types of nitrogen, right? There, are, we, we know that. We know sure. there are multiple yep, sure. forms that the plant can uptake, and you just want to make that clear. I know you weren't alluding to that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are. Um, if you talk to a chemist, or you talk to somebody who has a degree in biology and stuff, like they're, George, they're all going to tell you that um, a synthetically derived versus organically derived, the plant doesn't know the difference between the two. So I think that's that's one of the main things that we're, we're trying to get at here in this this conversation. And then for some people to say that, oh, my organically derived nutrients led to a better terpene profile or um, cannabinoid profile. How do you prove that? You can't prove that. Right. And also we're finding out new studies. I mean, we just talked to um, Shane from Migro and I'll talk. What do you talk about oil production with UV? Yeah, right? He said light. that more. Yeah, it's the light that's is one of contributing factors. Now there's so many variables. That's not the only thing, of course. Um, there are nutrients that are going to contribute to resin production. Um, but to make a blanket statement to say that organically derived is going to lead to better terpene profile, better cannabinoid profile, it's just not proven right it's now. Bro it's bro science. Right, as of right now, it's bro science. Yep, and you could bro out, dude. You could totally bro out. And I, I'm not mad at anybody who does, but when you're putting somebody else down who grows a different way and their shit's coming out great, that's ignorant. Can't go out there. And when you've got when you've got people with such accolades and credentials that like to which we are speaking of Shane, uh, George, you know, the, the these are people that are that are that, that that have that have broken down through scientific method uh, the the variables to which we are discussing. And you know, at, at that point, there needs to be some. You need to concede. And okay, science yeah. over pro science. That's. I mean, that's just what it is. You know, and it's kind of like. Uh, Mark from, was it Perfect Gardens? Perfect Gardens, Perfect yeah. Gardens. He talked about CalMag, so another bro science one. More CalMag. You know, it's not necessary. Magnesium would be more necessary, but calcium at a certain point, your plant's not going to need. And, and it seems like it would. Now, I, I will say, I'd cut my calcium down completely in flower at a certain point, and I noticed deficiencies relatively quickly. And I think we talked before about the bro science, the bro scientology side of, uh, is there some impact of the light that's doing that or is it just the fact that the plant needs more when it has that much stress or that much energy that it's having to uptake so there's no real science that goes behind that your plant's just going to need more calmac the plant's going to tell you what it needs per se and at the same time it science shows that the plant at a certain point will stop uptaking that properly like it would in veg it's not going to need it like it would you know mark's got a great video that's a lot more scientific than what i just broke down there but the bro science of it is more calmac not always more calmac yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a running joke there. We use Calmag for everything, right? I use use Calmag to wash my car. Um, what do you guys Cal- use Calmag for? Calmag saved my marriage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Calmag is the only reason why I'm here today. Okay. <laughs> so it is. Put a little Calmag on it, you know. Salt based Calmag. What do you think of the cup? Mag, you know? Shout out to Starbucks Calmag Cal Frappuccinos. <laughs> and then that military grade Calmag. Oh, that's if you can that. get your hands on that shit that's though, like that may be that's changing. It. You don't that's even a... cut. You don't even stop using it. Yeah, yeah, you just use it from seed to harvest. Boom. You flush with military from grade birth Cal-Mag. to death, whatever you know. So uh, another bro science, bro science, bro, 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 bro science uh, thing that I think is is one that people get tripped up on is wattage. More watts is more power is more bud. And. Not necessarily the case, man. Efficacy and how much that plant can absorb it. And, and too intense is too intense. You know, you can't be putting, you know, 2,000 watts on a plant thinking that you're going to get it. You got to look at the micromoles per per, uh, per joule. 
Michael, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you got to look at, I'm totally stoned, and a little sick still. You got to look at different <laughs> variables in terms of, of, again, the efficacy, not in terms of power. Because the plant's only going to take up so much. And the spectrum is a big thing. You want to be able to have the right CRI. You've got a lot of variables with lighting that doesn't boil down to just wattage. But I know a lot of people who say, fuck that, 1,000 watts, best, get it, 1,000. Like, All right. Back in the day, 10 years ago, you could argue that. You know, the more watts, the better. The more watts, the more par. That's what's no longer the case these days, right? Because you can get, you know, you could put 600 watts of HID into a four, four foot by four foot grow tent, and that's going to be sufficient. These days, you can run 400 watts of LED and have the same amount of photons coming down onto the plant. So it's like things have changed. It's, it's yeah, like you said, Rob, it's not the more watts, the better. That's that's no longer. Um, and as far as measuring the intensity of the lights or the density of photons, people, you know, say watts for that. Watts is actually energy consumption. It's 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 basically what your electricity bill, it relates to your electricity bill, how much you're going to be paying per month. Um, now we know, we've, we've gotten smarter now, we know that there's photons of light that come down and there's a certain range on the electromagnetic spectrum that the plants uptake or intake, uh, and that's called the PAR, photosynthetically active radiation. So we've come a long way in the past 10 years. And yeah, just to kind of say one more time it's not always the more watts the better that's just what those days are over with for sure but you're right it started started with bro science it started with you know guys thinking wow shit i'm throwing out with a thousand watts which was the only number really that's the only number for for dealing with light that you had to deal with pre 2008 2010 you know what i mean up until that point that was it that was your only measure for light you know, through nutrients, you're using parts per million, your uptake, you're at pH, you have measures, you know, and lights, it just happened to be watts. That's just the way it worked out. Bro science was for the win until 2010. Now, through, the, you know, through, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, through fortunately, scientific method, through people, anecdotal bro science has evolved. And it got us to this point where now we can say, oh, I can use less energy and grow more. Got it. Facts. Got it. We've come a long way with lighting. I think I want to stay on lighting for a few more minutes here. And shout out to Dr. Bruce Bugby. I mean, he's the one really leading the way. I think, I think we kind of touched upon it before, but um, there's, as far as studying this plant, we're very limited. Now, Dr. Bruce Bugby, he works at um, Utah State University, and he actually has, they have a license. They're one of the few places that have a license to study the plant. And he hones in on lighting in particular uh, for the most part. I think he does some stuff with nutrition as well. But uh, another thing with lighting that he's uncovered is uh, a big misconception back in the day was plants don't use green light, right? We found out that's not actually true. Uh, green light actually penetrates the leaf better. Now, it does bounce off. It does bounce off. But it does have the ability to penetrate the leaf deeper. Um, so that was a huge thing. It was, you know, people going with the... Um, the green headlamps and it's still advised these days it's you know if you're going to go into your um to your tent or your grow room during the lights off still you, your best bet is to use that green light um, but for the most part we know now that the plant does use it you know so yeah yeah and i think that's the that, uh, misconception is really people didn't have the science to see it was you know red or blue that was your plants are either veg or flower and that's the same thing too people say you need 
red or blue for veg or for flour. And now full spectrum is where it's at. And people still will argue against that and say, nope, more blue is the way to go. But any of these flowering LEDs are pretty much adequate for vegging as well. It just boils down to how you use it, of course. You could turn it up, turn it down, depending if there's a dimmer. But people would look into things before, and there's no critical study, science, thinking, or anything into it. But they would just assume. And I don't know who started the assumption and pushed it around to grocery stores or forums or whatever. But there's a lot of stuff that made it so people were spending money on lighting and, and equipment in their garden that wasn't efficient. And it was making it so the results were pretty good, but they would have been just as good with a lot more efficient equipment and their ROI would be way better. You know, you can always get by, but why not do better? I think somebody took the, uh, I think lighting companies back in the day, they took that, the uh, par chart, which basically shows the chlorophyll A and chlorophyll B and the spike happens in blue and mm. comes way down in red and it goes back up. I think lighting companies were just really looking at that and using uh, that to build their lights. And I think that was one of the things that kind of pushed that whole myth uh, into the community, you know, so. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, lighting, as you mentioned, I, I, you could even say that that's one of the hardest hit subjects for bro science. Remember the age old argument, HID versus LED. Where did that go? That's not even an <laughs> argument anymore. Nobody, you're not going to see that, you know, it's gone. It's yeah. done now. Granted, you know, maybe, maybe these high commercial, maybe there is a place for them, you know, um, my, these huge commercial, you know, where they're actually using some of the heat to, to, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't see it, but you know, generally speaking, the, the conversation over HID, you're not going to see, you're not going to expect anybody to, to, to buy the argument that you should have a thousand watt HID in your home today instead of not going because what what does a thousand watt hid go for now it used when i when i bought mine it was like 300 plus and it was it was ducted it was the hood it had the the glass <clears throat> both sides ducted or whatever okay, close so still. you know is it is it because i i know shout out to spider farmer that you can get yourself like an sf you know uh 2000 which is you know half the amount of light but give you very comparable amount of um, of yield now not necessarily coverage but then you grab two of them and then you're just laughing and then again you're using that light for not only flower but veg as well yeah and, and there's science behind again the color rendering index and in between the spectrum that you're going to potentially get better flower you're going to get better cannabinoids when you're using something that's closer to the sun's light instead of this extreme power just push it all red everything light i think that's where the balance is becoming more the science where people are like, hey, what's the better result? I've got buddies who are using 300 watt LEDs and knocking it out of the fucking park. And I'm like, damn, dude, what are you doing different? And they're like, well, it's the plants, all the plants need, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just really depends on, I think, uh, your needs, your wants, but also the science behind it. Don't just jump on a forum and see somebody be like, fuck that. Or your buddy who's been growing for some years and he's got good, big, thick buzz and he's like, it's the thousand waters, bro. A lot more variables than that. A lot more variables. So another bro science thing, I don't know about if you guys have, have come across this or not, but a lot of people will tell me that sativas yield higher than indicas, just period. They just do. A sativa is going to yield higher. It grows longer. That's the logic. There's so many variables. I mean, we know from the morphology of the plant that they grow larger, right? We know like outdoors, for example, you hear about, you read about how sativas can grow tw upwards of 20 feet high. And then typically, you know, uh, indicas are a lot smaller than that. So I think that's probably where that blanket where, yeah. came from. Yeah. But it, but even g genetically that uh, you can't, I can't even apply that argument. You know, it's like, uh, you know, sativas are going to be tall 
but not generally as thick or robust. But then, uh, you know, an indica is going to be shorter, stouter, but also bushier, you know? So variables, 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 yeah. variables. No, I've gotten heavier yields off indicas numerous times because it was thicker, denser bud, and it was a wider canopy in comparison to taller, lankier that I did stretch out more, but the leaf-to-bud ratio was good, but the nodes were far apart. They were further apart. You know, it was just a lanky, tall plant. So it really depends, I think. It, it, cultivar specific. Everything is the individual cultivar. It's not just a general statement that sativa, more yield, indica, this, effect's going to be this. Like, terpenes plays a big role into the effects. That's where the sativa indica effect for your buzz is. But in terms of growth, a sativa doesn't just mean you're getting more yield. Growing longer and taller doesn't mean more yield. You may have to do more training to that plant, and you may not see what you want to see for like 12, 13 weeks, man. Like, it's crazy, but that's, that's kind of how it can go. Outdoor, I think, may be a little different argument if you're letting a plant get Not huge true. but if it's a sativa dominant that's different if we're talking about hybrids it's a little different but if it's predominantly like 80 90 percent sativa i just don't see any argument that it's guaranteed to yield you more i've grown them both and i don't see a, a huge well, difference in terms of yield then you could tie in the bro art science argument of is bigger or better then or is more better because you know you can take that same strain and grow it outside it'll grow to five times the size that it grows indoor but is it better well, that, argue it's yeah, not. no. And and so, you know, it's like, you know, say that a sativa is generally larger, but there's nothing to say that I, I personally training your plants has come a long way over the last decade or two. And, you know, uh, with the ability with these lights and the penetration and so on and so forth, um, uh, maybe and uh, outside factors as well, maybe like growers stretching their limits. But, you know, it's like. Is fuck, I lost my train of thought. The weed's um, working. That's fucking it awesome. Works. It works. That's it works. Awesome. It works. No, I, I know where. I kind of feel it's I know where you were bigger. going with this. Uh, is, is bigger, bigger is better? Is bigger always better? You no. know, you can train anything to be large. Well, know? any so, of my yielders yeah. are never nearly as good. So, mm. They just aren't. They, they, the terpenes are nowhere near as enunciated as my smaller ones. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it. And I know there's some out there, but it, when it comes down to the terpenes that I like, the gassy, fuely, funky foot nasty skunk you know i can't find that in a lot of bigger producers the biggest producer i have that's like that is scooby-doo from Car or not carmen genetics people under the stairs genetics and great great flavor i really like it but it still is nothing like my headbanger the headbanger is just a i've grew uh grown holy grill kush in the past just not much of a yielder but flavor galore man uh 11 roses kind of in the middle and it depends on the cut you know that's a big thing is the cut that you have uh trey recently had a gorilla butter cut that well they grew the, the seeds out and they were decent you know it was great looking but it wasn't crazy in the syrup department as where i have a buddy who has the white truffle cut is what they call it it's not a great yielder but damn does it taste good just and i i see that and that's this is a bro science side of this this is where it's doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case that smaller amount is going to be a better flavor but that's the same argument there's no guarantee that more yield or less yield is going to get you more flavor it just really there's nothing there for that so many variables when it comes to that, but I definitely think it's a great point. Um, kind of touching on that, you know, indica, sativa. Um, what about autoflowers? It's a lot of uh, a lot of bro science when it comes to autoflowers, eh? Oh yeah, you um, can't transplant, you know, can't top, can't fucking do anything to them. You got to let them grow and leave nothing. them alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't autoflowers top autoflowers. So, so, so you know, he he topped his. Yep. So topping autoflowers. We'll start with that one. I mean. It, I'm not a fan of it. I'll, I'll agree that I'm not a fan with it, that um, 
I feel like it does stunt growth. It does hurt the overall yield. I feel like I do need to experiment a little bit more. There have been other people who have, you know, base monoflower says that he tops at a certain point and then he doesn't impact his yield at all. Now there's no way of hundred percent measuring that, right? Cause each seed is going to be a different phenotype and it's going to grow differently. And of course, environment in the mix, nutrition, like there's just a lot of variables when it comes to it, but just saying you can't top autoflowers at all. That's a huge no. Uh, yeah. no, no. I mean, that's clearly you can, you know, that transplanting is another thing. Um, you know, it's often said that your yield will be negatively impacted if you transplant autos because you get that transplant shock. Uh, that may be true for some. Some people swear by sprinkling that mycorrhizal fungi onto the root zone during transplant. So they get that direct contact mm, extension of the root way. zone, helps with nutrient uptake. Um, so saying that you can't transplant autoflowers, like you just can't do it is, is false. And the last thing I want to touch on is you can't clone autoflowers. So you can technically it'll root, right. But many will argue that it's, you're not going to really get any good yield to show for. So that's why a lot of people say you can't clone autoflowers, but technically, technically you can. Yeah. I think these, this is misconceptions and people don't understand that you got to try it yourself sometimes. And, and I know people will complain and be like, well, I don't want to, and I'm one of those guys. I don't want to experiment. I want to get a yield. I want to get dank bud. Sometimes just try it, man. If something's not working for that cultivar, change some things up and see what it works. Do your own bro science and then do a side by side to see if there's any difference. Cause I've seen a few in my random attempts to try things like, uh, let's say 48 hour darkness. That's one too. A lot of people talk about the science behind it. Well, there was a guy, I forgot his name, totally stoned, another YouTuber, and uh, another content creator and a YouTuber. Lost Leaf. Lost Leaf, who, did, who tested his stuff, and he saw that there was an increase in THC, but at a certain point, a decrease in terpenes by doing this. So, And that was after, I think, a 72-hour point he ended up getting it. I forget how many plants he did, and if he did it from clone, right? One could argue that if he did it from seed, that you, there's too many variables, different phenotypes. So he, had, he would have to have done it from clone. I'd have to rewatch the video to be sure. But he would have to do it from clone. Um, all his conditions would kind of need to be the same, um, you know, throughout the entire grow in order for it to be fair. But it, it needs to be repeatable, right? So just because one guy did it on YouTube doesn't mean that, oh, we've, we've figured it out. This is science. Science is repeatable. So it would have to be multiple studies over and over and over again uh, before we actually deem it true grow science. Yeah, because right now it's like you could try it and it may not increase for yours and it may not be anything substantial worth doing it. Because there is some things like, yeah, it'll increase X, Y, Z. I've seen people stab a hole into their uh, their base of their plant, like right in the bottom of the stem and work that through there. And they swear by increasing trichomes by doing that. I did it one time. I, I couldn't see anything with the naked eye, so I don't know what would have increased. But people swear by it. People swear by, um, you know, I tried it before in the past. And I have seen some little bit of color difference, but I feel like it was more variables than that. But of putting ice on the top of your plant or watering ice water in there, it can kind of shock your your plant a little bit like outside would. But I, I don't know if that increased my fade more because I didn't do a side by side. You know, I just was like, yeah, look at it. Look at it. It's like Maybe this one just does this. You know, maybe I'm tripping. Yeah, this, these are these are things that need to be measured as well you like repeated but we need to measure because someone can say wow yeah that could be really high but the next guy could be like well i didn't feel any difference or this guy got did really well but then this you know because it's like everybody's gonna do a little difference i need the numbers i want to know exactly the percentage of thc i want to know the exactly the percentage of cbd i want to know the exact percentage of uh limine i want to know the exact percent you know um which is very tough to Break do at this down. point too Again, also tying into another bro science topic is like THC is like the only cannabinoid 
you know, not only the only cannabinoid, but the only one you need. It's a determining and factor of quality. 30% and high. Right, if you're in the 30 club, right. you're killing it. It's like, man, and it's like, man, I, I we've talked about this too, and maybe still bro science, you know, the detriment of other cannabinoids for the uh, exploitation of THC. You know, you can't get some cannabinoids without the degradation of CBD. Or, uh, well, both THC and CBD. So, you know, it's when you exploit THC for something, you know, you, you, you're definitely losing out on something else. But we've learned over the years that, you know, there's there's CBD. We've really exploited CBD. Shit, those CBD pillowcases. Huh. You know, it's like CB, CBD, the uh, fucking leashes for your dog. Uh, CBD condoms, I saw. I got some gummies right here and I got some oil uh, on bedside. Huh? Pretty good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's been exploited. and. There's so many more. There's so many more. And can you wait until science takes over and we can start to extract all of these different ones, you know, and then to manipulate them and exploit? Yeah, I think that's 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 the thing, too, man. There is science behind the entourage effect that they see how different cannabinoids together are going to give the effect that someone needs. It's going to be the terpenes. It's going to be the CBD, the THC, THCA, everything that's got to be activated in order for you to have the actual effect. Now people will see that. And I know in particular, I've had like THC isolate or like certain things that are supposedly just super, super high in THC. And I get a totally different effect. I really do. Like if all you do is dab like shatter or something that's kind of lower in the terpenes, but higher in the, the THC overall, the effect isn't quite the same and i think people get tripped up on that where they're like hi thc you want to look at the thc when you're at the dispo or when you're making something get it tested hi thc Eh, that's a part it's a determining factor but you need the terpenes too if you don't have that it's not the full package you know and that's where people are seeing now with rosin and in the cleaner versions of extracts is the way to get all of the best versions of those terpenes you know flavonoids everything so it just really depends on how you approach it, obviously, but there's science behind it. The THC is not the determining factor. Maybe yours, but it's not the reality. No, a good way to think about it too is you ever had a you ever had a Caesar? You ever Salad? had a Caesar where? Nope, like the drink. Oh no, it's like no. a clamato juice. No, okay. Have you ever had a a screwdriver, orange yep. juice, vodka? Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like you know, you know I like screwdriver. Just hold everything but the vodka. That's the way it is with with THC. You know, I, I feel like it, with THC, when you're going for the, the the concentrates, the high levels of THC, it's like, yeah, I'll take a I'll take a screwdriver, but just vodka. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. You could have a really good drink if you add a few more things in there, you know, and you'll enjoy it more than just straight vodka, you know. But you'll get yeah. the it'll be there. It'll be there. The vodka's still there. It didn't go anywhere, but it's a lot more enjoyable with the package, as you said. I think some people will argue against you saying that a screwdriver is a good drink. <laughs> if you grew up with them, they would give you a I'm bellyache. literally trying to think of a drink that we all knew of. I thought a Caesar was the most generic. I thought uh, you guys about a white Russian? Yeah? No? I, I think I know what I want. No. Oh, man. All Par- right. Paralyzers? So, I don't know what Par- it consists of. No. White Russian? Paralyzer? Yeah. I don't no. know what any of it is. Okay, we're not real drinkers. Oh, see, that here. was the point. Yeah, like, right. We drink, <laughs> right? but we're not like clearly all <laughs> Yeah, this is the toe channel. This is the toe channel. And I got another uh, bro science one that's been bothering me quite a bit, quite a bit. And we talked about this with Shane also. And I was a, a, a shit talker myself, man. That blurple lights suck. They can have their they have their place. They have their place now. Veg is where a lot of people are seeing that vegging their plants with these blurple lights. They're getting really good results. They're very cheap to get them. Efficiency not so much, but. I basically said this is why I didn't jump in LED. And it was mainly because the cost was so much higher. But 
there is still some benefit from having it. And I wouldn't say switch out your lights, but if you have them, don't throw them away. And I've been the guy who said get rid of them right away. And now it's like, don't go buy them. But if you already have them, they could serve a purpose potentially with your seedlings or with, you know, something else if it's not too high of, of output, you know? Yeah. 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 Photons are photons is what Dr. Bruce Bugby had mentioned in one of his videos. It's more important. Photons are more important than the spectrum is what he had mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, if you have a blurple light and you're getting some pretty good photon output, continue to run it. Yeah, you don't know? throw it away. It should be fine. It works, you know? Yeah. I think I'm it's also important. Sorry. I, uh, bro science has infiltrated Ellie or uh, the, the light conversation. Um, so there, there's so many examples of where we can point to bro science within LEDs or, or, or lighting in general. We've discussed a few of them. We all, we mentioned how bro science has really evolved into science in many cases, but there's a lot of examples where bro science has kind of infiltrated its way into, um, um, you know, our, 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 our policies and regulations by our government. Um, where, where, where I am, um, in Manitoba, our government argues you know that that there's that there's uh, a negative impact to home growers as well, and it's sheer bro science. And actually, in fact, we have Jesse uh, Toba Grown uh, who can discuss more about this. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, appreciate you uh, coming over here again, man. So we were talking about bro science, and that usually just falls to the growers. And I feel like bro science has made its way into the government somehow. They think there's a lot of of crazy stuff that they think about our community and I know where, where you're at, what you're dealing with right now, trying to get it legal there and trying to make people be able to have the ability to grow. Uh, I, I was hearing something about this mold argument. Like what is this craziness that this bro science these guys are talking about? So yeah, that's thanks for having me back on and that's a great question. So the Manitoba government and the Quebec government are both worried about mold and fires from having cannabis plants inside your house and obviously fires from the electronics that go along with that. They're worried about uh, children going into the tents or your enclosure in the backyard and taking plants and eating them. They're also worried about a black market injection. So they're worried that people growing four plants are going to start selling that cannabis illegally, therefore, um, you know, taking away tax revenue and triggering their other worry about quality control. So they're worried that people don't know what they're doing. They'll they'll grow cannabis that's maybe not that high in THC or has mold on it or whatnot. So they're pretty much saying needs to have our stamp of approval on it. And if it doesn't, we don't want it. So to your point, there's, um, there's a lot of stigma and because of people's opinions on it at high levels, they can make massive influential uh, changes and restrictions and bans. So yeah, that's, I hope that answers your question. It, yeah. it certainly does. And, and this is the problem with it is that because their platform is so large, we're talking about the government, they have the ability to infiltrate uh, 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 newspapers, outlets, news channels, Internet, Facebook, you name it. And, and they've got a, a, an endless budget and, and they have the best ability to spread this bro science than anyone else. And I, I, I think it's kind of ludicrous that they still hang on to these arguments, particularly with the mold and the fires, because this isn't new. It's not like all of a sudden now, if we were to go to go be legal, that, wow, we can grow. People are going to start doing it for the very first time. Uh, the reality is, is people have been growing and they've had gardens in their homes. There has not been. Sure, there has. There's been fires from turkey cooking, too, you know, so it's like where's where's do you draw the line in terms of just irresponsible 
and and or just dangerous. And I, I think that's where they lose the argument. You know, the idea that there's going to be mold in the house now, but, you know, and, and it's uncontrolled. And you, you would think that as a government, they would rather than just spread this bro science, they would be willing to address the cause. You know, maybe they would have a, a an agent that would be employed to maybe go and analyze or inspect some an agency that could inspect these gardens and say okay you know what you are you're doing very well when it comes to moisture content you know you're doing very well when it comes to um uh, alleviating fires with electrical uh resources or what have you you know this is the right way to do it but they're choosing yeah. the opposite i'd like to see the data you know what data are they presenting that they're are they seeing house fires happen are they seeing mold like or, or where is this information coming from so it's probably not a question you can answer uh, but it actually yeah, is. It, doesn't make it, it is. Okay. So where, where know, are they getting uh, this information from? Where are they getting this data from? Well, it's a question you can answer for our side, because uh, when you look at the population in Canada, as per uh, Statistics Canada, there's 26% of people live in Quebec and Manitoba. The other 74% of people have had homegrown cannabis uh, ability to do so since legalization. And we haven't seen these uh, large reports or incidents of house fires, black market injection, et cetera. Um, the OCS, for example, the Ontario Cannabis Store, they're the government agency that does quarterly releases on their legal cannabis sales quarter over quarter. And it's been mostly this, and they've had uh, four federally legal plants being allowed in their province for uh, three years now. So it's um, the argument that they're relying on are reefer madness. There's a couple politicians here that don't like cannabis, don't want the smell of it around their house. So they're just going to put this ban in and not hear anything until they're beaten in court. It's totally it's unfortunate, man. Totally unfortunate. And this is literally where bro science continues to hold us back, you know, at the highest level. And it, it, you know, this is maybe, maybe this was a thought that somebody had, or maybe a worry or a concern that's just now essentially spiraled into now the government hanging on to these arguments to essentially restrict the ability to grow. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that there have already been, you're right, we've been growing in, in Canada since 2018, I think is when we had four plants. And so yeah. we, it's been three, it's been three years. So where are these fires? Where are these mold? Where is this happening anywhere else in the country? It's, it's bullshit, not. man. Propaganda. Not. And come on, Manitoba, we're we're a farming uh, province. We grow a lot of food here for the country. And... There's there's hemp everywhere in this province. Yeah. They like, know what we're doing. Yeah, we know what we're doing. We're no, we know what we're doing. Well, Jesse, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And and you did have you had an announcement. You you, you have another case or something that you're bringing towards the or you're joining. What, what was that? Yes. So uh, there's a similar battle going on uh, in Quebec. So in 2019, the Quebec court ruled that Quebec's ban on homegrown cannabis was unconstitutional. However, recently, uh, it took two years to get to the point, um, the Quebec government won the appeal. So now that whole case is on its way to the Supreme Court of Canada. I've been speaking with the, the team fighting for homegrown cannabis in Quebec. And uh, we both agreed that uh, Toba Grown and our our team of of experts, all of our evidence, and our lawyers are going to join forces with their team and intervene in their case. So we'll be arguing alongside them 
for Quebec homegrown cannabis in front of the Supreme Court while continuing our own lawsuit against the Manitoba government. So the announcement is we got a bunch more work to do. We're getting <laughs> into a second lawsuit with a second provincial government. So I guess it's, it's very cool to say that Toba Grown is going to be fighting two provincial governments in court at the same time. So oh, that's, say that's um, an honor. That's an yeah, honor. Yeah, man. Get ready for more white hairs and uh, <laughs> bags under my eyes. Here we go. Hell yeah, man. Well, Say thanks for fighting the good fight, man. We, we appreciate it. Hell yes, brother. Well, thank you very much, man. Appreciate your thank input. Thank you for on having me on. I love your show and uh, excited to potentially come on again with good news. I've always had, brother. Thank you, Jesse. Very good info. Good info. But uh, another good bro science thing, and I, this may be my last one that I have unless you guys got some, but, and this is controversial yet, flushing. Flushing is one that I used to, I have a video on it that I swear by it, that you need to flush for the last two weeks. You got to get all the stuff out of your plants. It's going to eat up the food. If you don't do that, it'll be harsh. You'll have black, you know, ash in your blood. La, 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 la. Not necessarily the case, man. Science is showing again that there's not an issue in terms of your, your output. It's more the input. You don't really have to do this. You're wasting nutrients, in my opinion. Some people will say doing it all the way to the end, you're going to get the best results. But I've never seen that. I, I literally have not seen it. I've seen no difference by stopping other than I get a good fade. That's which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fade. Um, you know, let's, let's take a step back. So the cannabis plant is an annual plant, right? It's going to die eventually. So if you continue to feed nutrients all the way up um, and you harvest, it's going to eventually fade down no matter how much nutrients you shove into that medium, right? Um, now, having that fade, that senescence is what a lot of people say, um, it'll reduce the, the bro science here is it'll reduce the amount of nutrients in the plant. And you don't want to, you want that because you don't want to be smoking those nutrients that are in the plant. All of that is bro science, right? I think we've, we've come to that point where um, there have been studies now where there have been uh, studies on flushing to where um, the nutrients were fed all the way up to the end of w when it was harvested. I think they did a 10 day, uh, flush, a 14 day flush, a seven day flush, a five day flush and zero flush. Uh, I believe it was all of it. And uh, they measured the nutrient content in the plant. I believe it was done through tissue testing and they saw no difference between any of them. Um, so that part is completely false. Now, as far as flavor, whether or not a, um, a, a cannabis plant that has faded you know, has that senescence, has the reduced amount of chlorophyll in the leaves, leads to a better smoke or not, I think is still up in the air. I think it's still debatable. There haven't been any studies in regards to that. So. Yeah, no, I agree. And that, that was my bro science argument before is that you're going to have less chlorophyll, so you're going to be able to get a quicker cure and it's going to taste better faster. There just isn't science to it. It's the same by saying wet dry versus or wet dry, wet trim versus dry trim. It's preference. It really is preference because I've done both and I have not noticed, at least to my personal palate, enough that would make a difference to say, meh, I'm only going to do it dry. I do it dry for convenience purposes, but it's the same thing with the flushing. You could flush for convenience purposes, less nutrients all the way through. But what about the organic grower? So he's still got food in, or he or she still has food in the media. So is they're going to be having food in the plant? Like it, it, the science just doesn't make sense to, to argue anymore at this point where it's like, think of use critical thinking and step back. How does that work? Or, or if that was the case, I mean, I just feel like there'd be a lot more bud being tossed out from these dispensaries because they can't have stuff that's been pushed. And every commercial grow, they like to push it. For not every, but a lot of them, majority of them. So it gets to the point where 
what do you do? Do you go towards flushing because science is there? Because science says you can feed all the way through if you want to. Or do you do for simple purposes for us growers to use less nutrients towards the end because I've never seen a difference in yield or quality by feeding all the way through and stop doing it. So the bro science still sits there in terms of flush or not. But the science of flushing and the benefit, there's no science of benefit. Science shows that flushing isn't necessarily going to do anything for your plant. You can choose to do that because the plant at the last two weeks, like I've never had any issues in terms of major deficiencies. Plant looks great, nice fade, boom. And when I feed it all the way, it's vibrant green usually and starts to get a little deficiencies, but nothing dramatic. We had a conversation with Mark Perfect Gardens in regards to this on my Garden Talk episode, and he had brought up tasting the tasting of green for the plants that have re- gone all the way up until harvest, fed all the way up till harvest, and the plant's leaves are still green. And one thing that he related that to, and I can't remember it all off the top of my head, but he had talked about the different types of nitrogen there are, right? How the plant intakes different types of nitrogen. Um, there are different forms, I should say. And um, if you're feeding all the way up to the end, one of these non-natural forms, that could be a contributing factor to that green taste. And so, you know, again, things are still up in the air and I don't want to dip my toes into any bro science because there aren't any studies in regards to that. And I think when it comes to taste, it's subjective, right? Some people could say, hey, this tastes green. Some guy next to us smoking the same stuff would say, no, this tastes fine to me. So how do you prove that, right? Yeah, other than than measuring the terpenes and flavonoids, and still we haven't had the science of there yet. So hopefully it happens, and I think that's where people watching or listening, maybe you could start doing some grow science. If you've got the capabilities and the the availability to do this, do it, man, because not all of us have the time or the the wherewithal or even the want to do these things, but big shout out to everybody who is doing the studying, the the people who are pioneers with the arrows in their back who are doing things that may push where they're at, but they're making it happen for us so we can actually do things efficiently and and get the best results and not have to stress out about it the whole time. So shout out to all the scientists. Now now is a very exciting time to be involved in the cannabis realm because we're going to see the most advancements, you know, with the United States lifting a lot of its regulations at a a state level in regards to cannabis, we're going to see some more research. We're going to see some more dabbling. Uh, And even on a federal level, we're going to see some more research happening. And that is going to open up a lot of doors, you know, and, and again, supporting places like normal.org who, who support places that do research do research on their own in some cases you know that's what's going to get us to that next step where we're going to look at that bro science and be like man can you believe that we thought hps was better you know crazy how far we've come in just a short amount of time in the comment section bro science started us it started (laughs) us somewhere i sure hope so i'd love to know i think we'd all love to know what bro science have you heard let us know in the comment section below we want to know just i mean there's so many wild things out there we haven't even touched on uh, a fraction of them (laughs) you know Uh, and then we also want to know actual science that have come out Um, if you can link to any sources that's great Um, we will approve the links i think anytime you post a link it goes into like a spam type folder that we need to manually approve so we'll keep an eye on that folder and if you link to any credible sources uh, for actual grow science, we'll go ahead and approve that because uh, we are trying to, um, you know, spread the word on what the actual science is behind this plant. So. Absolutely, well done. great conversation today, boys. Fuck that was good. Right, dude. Well, Learning every day. With that being said, it's your boy Rob CLTV, Mister Grow It Pigeons. We will see y'all next time. Stay lifted, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.